If you are looking to continue developing your coaching skills or have a new coach that you'd like to train or onboard, check out our upcoming activity coaching clinics. We are hosting both our basics and advanced clinics every Monday for our basics clinic and Tuesday for our advanced clinic from 1.30 to 3 Central Standard Time. It runs October 2nd through November 6th, and you can learn more and register at heatherpriceconsulting.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina, where we discuss coaching strategies for the overachievers, the slow starters, and everyone in between. We're going to share everything we know about instilling early success habits, the science behind activity, and how to build a values-based, FR-centered coaching philosophy. Activity Coaching Conversations is all about balancing accountability with the art and science of coaching. Welcome, and thanks for joining us for episode number 23, where we're going to be talking about accountability part two. In our first episode, um, Accountability Part 1 or Accountability 101, we talked more philosophically about what it means to hold, quote, hold people accountable. And in reality, we discussed that there is no such thing. You can't control others. But in the absence of control, we learned that trust is the next best influencer. And we discussed how to influence others by focusing on the things that you can control. Today, we're going to talk more about tactical strategies to help create the environment for accountability and follow through to actually take place. How are you today, Sabina? <laughs> Before we dive in, I am doing great. Yeah. You know Thank what I was you thinking about? Yourself. I'm doing good. I was thinking before we started, I wish we re- would have recorded this two days ago on 2 22. How fun would that have been? I know. I know. It would have been a, the, the luckiest day of the year, right? but. That's okay. You but know, here we here are we talking are. about I think it's still going to be pretty good. I yeah. do too. It's going to be great. Yep. Um, so getting back into you know the accountability piece, I received my master coaching certification um, back in mid the mid 2000s, I think like early, like 2008, maybe I had the privilege of being certified and coached by psychologist and author Pete Greider. Um, many of you may be familiar with that name. I attribute a good portion of the content that we're going to share today to what I learned from Pete and his strategies for helping people follow through. And if you are one of the many individuals that have completed the coaching certification clinic, you will probably recognize some of what we're going to share today. It's such great content because I went through that program as well. And and I would guess that a lot of our listeners have too, but I, I don't, um, I think I use it without really thinking about it, but it's going to be great to review some of it. It is. It is. So there are three strategies that we will cover today that can help individuals hold themselves accountable or follow through on their commitments. The first one is helping them connect with their why. In our first uh, Accountability 101, we talked about as a leader the importance of you connecting with your why, but now uh, we're going to talk about helping the FRs connect with their why. Number two, uh, finding what motivates your FRs, and then number three, creating compelling reasons for them to follow through. So let's start with connecting with their why. Uh, Sabina and I were kind of chuckling about this ahead of time. We're like, we could do a whole session on just connecting with somebody's why, right? There's so much content out there. Um, Yes, it's so important. It is, it is. Um, In the first accountability podcast, again, um, you know, 
we talked about connecting with your why. The same is true for those you coach. If you want to create an accountable environment, you need to know what makes your FRs tick and why they get out of bed every day to do the hard work that they do. Um, so much writing on this, right? Simon Sinek's famous TED Talk. There's numerous books. Um, it's no secret and shouldn't be a surprise to you that... <gasps> People have their own goals and dreams. <laughs> um, you know, you have to oh, find no, out what's important really. to them. Yeah, right? I mean, of course, Paysetter first 40, second 60, 100 lives, 50 new clients, MDRT, whatever it is, right? Um, they're common goals that we um, we put in, in place, right? We, we want the FRs to see them and we put them in place um, and we want them to know about them because these benchmarks are helpful uh, and they help ensure that they have a healthy practice, but it probably is not those office-imposed goals that get them out of bed every day. Um, so I had a, a, an FR, interestingly, recently who had, um, she was in her first year. It was uh, past pace at her first 40. She was, you know, kind of trying to hit second 60, but she had lost a lot of motivation. And she just randomly reached out to me. I wasn't even coaching her anymore. And she's just said, I just feel so unmotivated. I don't know what's going on. And I said, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about what's important to you right now. And she's like, well, that's just it. I'm supposed to be excited about second 60 and I'm just not. And we spent some time really connecting back to her why and figuring out, you know, why are, Why did you come into this business and what do you love about it and and what do you want, right? We're going to talk a little bit about, about um, helping connect with what they want. So when when we dug a little bit deeper, um, obviously she wasn't super excited about getting out, up in the morning to dial into Prospect, <laughs> but she did decide that she was excited to get out of bed to help others and to plan her dream vacation. And when she connected to that, um, her productivity went up, her activity went up. So the key to motivation isn't necessarily the promise of a bigger paycheck or hitting office-imposed targets, but rather fulfillment of a personal dream. So if you can make the connection between your FR's daily work and their dreams for the future, you will unleash an energy that will transform their business. When people feel they have no choice in what they are doing, they lose their enthusiasm and then performance suffers. Um, some of the common whys that I've heard recently, um, homeownership. Right. Like I be, I would be excited to or motivated to buy a home, um, to buy a new car. I want to be able to send my kids um, to any college they want and pay for it. Or I want to retire in Maui. That one's mine. <laughs> um, but again, you know, just the importance of, you know, connecting with that. Why? So create that clear vision of what they want, because that is what will inspire them. And inspired people follow through inspired people follow through. You can do this simply by asking, right? Like, how, how do I find out what they want? Well, you just ask. <laughs> um, tell me what you want. What's important to you? We're actually going to demonstrate what this looks like in our Say That Again segment in, in just a little bit. But the key is to ask often and to dig deep when you ask. And I think the other thing, because I used to ask people, um, I know that the office goals, because they'll tell you that they'll pop those answers off mm -hmm. right away, right? Because they've heard them enough times. And I, I always used to ask, I say, I know, I know that's what you're supposed to say, but in your secret little heart of hearts, what do you really want? Like, mm -hmm. wh what is the thing that you want that you haven't told anybody yet? Yes. Or that maybe you're afraid to tell anybody? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you do have to, I, I just want to reiterate what Heather just said. You do have to dig deep. They're not going to, you're not going to get the, the answer you're looking for just by asking the question one time. All right. Next, you want to find out how they are best motivated. 
Again, no surprise, people are motivated by different things um, and probably not the same thing that motivates you, right? We often make the assumption that like, oh, I'm motivated this way. Why aren't you? Many people assume others are motivated by money or by recognition. And while this can be true and some people are motivated by those things, there are so many other considerations. Um, oftentimes, like we discussed, it's their why, right? Um, you know, their why is their biggest motivator. But motivation goes beyond just their why. Um, you know, are they motivated by growth? Right. And, and what does growth look like for each individual? It might be additional learning opportunities, additional training or mentorship like Fast Track Academy. I know some people who are super motivated to qualify for that. Or maybe they're motivated through communication. They really want um, that purposeful uh, feedback or, you know, purposeful one on ones or praise. Um, some people are motivated by trust, like knowing that they can depend and rely on you, knowing they have job security or that they have a leader that supports them no matter what. Another big one um, is autonomy right? Like people are motivated by flexibility. And isn't it kind of funny how in this business, I feel like the better reps do, the more we leave them alone, <laughs> right? Like if, if, they're, if they're doing well, right. um, they're going <laughs> to yeah. get a little more flexibility, right? Yeah. So if they're motivated by that, use that to your advantage. Um, other common motivators are pride, uh, competition, desire to be the best. I know I'm personally, I'm a super competitive person. Um, so all sorts of different reasons that people um, are are motivated. Um, what's the best way to find out how they're motivated? Dot, dot, dot. Just like with what do they want? Ask them. <laughs> um, tell me about a time when you were highly motivated. <laughs> what was behind that? Um, what was the driving force of that motivation? These are such great conversations to have. Um, and notice all the questions. The key is to let them do most of the talking. You just need to ask the right questions, right? Again, so tell me about a time when you were highly motivated. What was behind that? What was the driving force? And just let them, you know, let them let them go with their ideas. Sometimes I think it's that sort of you ask a question and that kind of stream of consciousness stuff that comes, you know, they just one thought leads to the next, to the next and to the next. And then pretty soon they're like, oh, I hadn't thought about that in a long time. Or, you know, thanks for reminding me of that. Because mm -hmm. that's the other thing is people come in motivated by these things that you just talked about. But in the daily hubbub of all the hard work that they have to do, sometimes that that can slip to the back mm -hmm. of their mind. You know, you have to remind them on a regular basis. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I hadn't thought about that in a while. So, And you know, this is kind of off topic, but not. Um, I finished up activity coaching with an FR today. It was her um, P40 date. And so we were just kind of reminiscing about the last six months. And she told me something that really kind of struck a chord. She said, thank you so much just for listening to me. And I went, oh, that's interesting, mm -hmm. you know? And we, we talked about the fact that People want to help, so they're always telling you what to do and how to do it. And she said, I just felt like this was a venue where yep. I could have somebody listen to me um, and talk me off ledges and all of those things. So don't underestimate the power of asking some questions and then sitting back. Get, get them to engage. Um, step three, create compelling reasons. Um, why is it imperative to, um, you know, to help come up with compelling reasons for, you know, other than, well, you should just do it. It's the goal right? Um, there, there are more compelling reasons than just you should do it. It's the goal. Um, so they know <laughs> yes. these things, right? Yet they still don't follow through. Now, 
studies actually show that poor follow-through is not caused by primarily um, a lack of willpower or low self-esteem or fear of success or character defects, but that poor follow-through is actually not our fault. Now, that's not an excuse, right? Don't let that be an excuse. But it's caused amazingly. Right, I know. (laughs) Yeah, but it's caused amazingly by the paradoxical way the human mind is designed. And that's um, a lot of what Grider's work and his book um, on peak performance talks about. Um, It describes why good intentions so often fizzle out and why knowledge and motivation are not enough. Like we, we, we're not dumb, right? We know we should be doing these things. We know they'll be helpful for us, but we still don't do do them. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's where the power of prompting comes in. So here are some prompts or some strategies that can help create compelling reasons. The first one, I know nobody's going to be surprised by this, but it's it's important to point out is having an accountability partner works, right? So pair them with another financial rep. I think joint phoning is probably one of the most common and an excellent example of this when you have a, an FR that is not mm-hmm. wanting to phone or they're not following through, but all of a sudden they do joint fo- phoning and they dial twice as many or they remember to do it magically. Yep. Um, so having that accountability partner is important. And part of that is the second one, which is committing to another person. Right. Um, involve somebody that you care about and that you don't want to disappoint or let down. It's funny how we'll let ourselves down, but not someone else that we care about. Right. Um, Sabina, were you going to chime in? That is exactly right, Heather. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because we um, will go a long way for other people. Right. And I think that's why when people come up with their motivations, they often involve other people and why it works. Um, You don't feel so alone Mm -hmm. and you know that you're having some kind of an external impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I'm sure people have all sorts of good examples. The most fresh one in my mind is somebody that I was coaching who was um, not eating lunch. She would just work all day, all day, all day, not eat anything. And I said, you got to start packing a lunch or planning accordingly. And so we came up with a plan um, that she would make lunch every night, you know, with her kids and tell her kids that they would get an extra, you know, a little fun snack or something, a special treat for reminding you to pack your lunch while you were doing theirs. So, you know, make it fun. The other thing, too, along with committing to another person is commit to it in writing. Having people write stuff down just feels different. It's kind of like what we've talked about, Sabina, with having them say it out loud. When you take the time to Mm -hmm. write something, um, it just feels more formal, right? There's more commitment involved in that for sure. It does. Mm -hmm. It is. It's it's more like a contract. Yes, exactly. Um, Next one, ask them to mentor or lead someone else. I love this one. Do you know how many times I have seen people really step up when they have been put under the microscope, Mm -hmm. right? So they want to lead by example. Um, There was an FR I was trying to get to ask deeper questions and be more vulnerable in the fact finder. She just wasn't really engaging that much um, or asking the difficult questions. And it wasn't until she started doing joint work down that all of a sudden she said, I've been asking some of those harder questions questions. I've been more vulnerable. And I said, hmm, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Might it have something to do with the fact that somebody's watching you, right? And that you're, you have to lead by example. And she said, yep. absolutely, definitely. Um, you know, give your FRs that opportunity to shine. A lot of people are motivated by that. And I think you learn it, you learn something better when you have to teach it or oh, model so it. so true. That, that's the way I've, I mean, when I first went out on my own and started teaching the one card system way back when it was still the manual one, I was like, man, I better know this backward forward because mm-hmm. now people are really paying attention. Yep. So 
this one go public is similar in a way to finding an accountability partner, similar to, you know, you know, writing it down, but go public with what your commitment is. Put a note on your door. Tell somebody, you know, in your office what you're working towards. Um, I had a, an FR who was struggling. She, she kept skipping dialing and um, she was chit-chatting with everybody. <laughs> and I said, what if you put a note on your door and told everybody in the office that I can't converse with you until I have my dials? And she did. She told everybody. She put a note on the door. She shut her door. And when people would walk by, they'd be like, oh, no talking, you know, no talking to her until she's done. And then it became kind of a, you know, everybody was in her corner cheering her on. So go public with whatever your commitment uh, commitment is. And then we're familiar, you know, most of us are familiar with the proverbial, the carrot versus the stick, right? So the stick is more of a negative, right? So for example, if I don't do this, I will buy you dinner. Or if I don't reach my goal, I'm going to have to write a check to the opposing political party, something along those lines. So putting something in place that is, um, you know, kind of a slap on the hand, if you will. Uh, but here's the thing, it has to be strong enough that and painful enough that they will actually follow through, right? Right. Um, and there's there's a whole art behind that. Um, all right, carrot. So carrot is the opposite of a stick in that it is a reward. So an example of a carrot is I'm going to put money in a jar every day that I get my dials in. And at the end of the month, I'm going to buy myself something special as a reward, right? So that's the carrot, something that motivates them, encourages them, and gives them a reward. Now, keep in mind, too, that these are small little breakthrough projects that are going to help motivate them in the short term, right? To help them get to the larger goal of whatever it is, whatever it is that they want or whatever, you know, if it's pace setter first 40, second 60, buying a new car, mm -hmm. getting into a new home. Um, those things don't happen, obviously, in a week necessarily. So these are little strategies that you can use over a period of time over and over again, working towards that larger goal. And then the last yep. one that I have- And, and I, I would pipe yeah. in- and just say, you can have fun. You know, I always like to remind people you're allowed to have fun in activity coaching sometimes. <laughs> you know, you can make it fun. You can make it funny. You can, you know, you can have a good time with it if you want to. I mean, that's an option out there. I think sometimes people think it's got to be so, um, you know, serious, especially the stick part. Yes. Um, it's got to be so serious, you know, right, right. But, it, but it doesn't always have to be serious. And, and I think that actually ties into this last uh, strategy, which is tracking. So we know what gets measured gets done. Um, so help them keep score, right? The importance of knowing the truth of your situation. But here's the thing with keeping score. There is an excellent book called The Game of Work, How to Enjoy Work as Much as Play. And it's by Charles Coonrad. It's an excellent book. It really ties nicely into, um, you know, the sales activity tracking um, world in which we work in. But what he says is winners keep track of results. Losers keep track of reasons. And I like to say losers keep track of excuses. So winners keep track of results. Losers keep track of excuses. Activity coaching was designed for this, right? Like that's what the strategy is all about. Keeping track. We track records, yep. you know, recording activity compared to expectations. Um, so regular mm -hmm. check-ins to measure results are so important. Studies show that people who keep score win more over the long run. 
you can say that to your rep that's complaining about coming to activity coaching every day. Studies show that people who keep score win that's more right. over the long that's run. That's right. Um, these are the people who accept responsibility for their own actions. If they're not keeping score, how or if you're not keeping score, how do you know if you are winning or losing? So make it a game. To your point, Sabina, right? Like most games keep score mm-hmm. somehow, and people love games because they want to win. Nobody goes into the game of Monopoly or Life right. or Uno saying, I can't wait to lose. <laughs> um, so make it fun. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. Ask them what, what, what does winning look yes. like for you this week? Right. And are we, and, and then keep score towards that. Are you winning this week? Who doesn't want to know that they're winning? Right. All right. Now it's time for our say that, that again. again. Okay, as promised in this episode, Say That Again segment, we are going to role play a abbreviated um, what do I want session. So I'm going to, um, you know, take Sabina through some questions and we'll demonstrate um, what this would look like. Ready, Sabina? You'll be the FR. Um, I'm know, ready. Whatever kind of FR you yep. want to be. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Sabina, as we had talked about in our last meeting, I wanted to reserve our time today to take you through a what do I want exercise. So this is going to take us about 20 minutes. Um, it's a simple exercise. I'm basically going to ask you variations of that question of what do I want? A um, couple things I want you to think about. Don't censor yourself or limit yourself by what you think you should or shouldn't be sharing with me. Okay. Nothing is off the table. Anything you feel comfortable with, um, this conversation is completely confidential. Um, and it's a, it's a judgment free zone. Okay. Sound good. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So as of today, February 24th, what do you want in the next six to 12 months? Well, let's see if I'm thinking about that. Um, I'm just in my like what second month now. Um, so what I really want in the first year is to make more than I made at the job I left, even if it's a dollar. Okay. I, you know, I when I got right out of school, I spent a couple of years at um, with a telecommunications company, mm-hmm. um, and I just want to make sure that I make more than I made when I was working there. And what does that look like? How much is that? Well, it would. I'm. I was um, at about fifty thousand dollars when I worked there. So if I make fifty one thousand dollars this year, mm-hmm. I'll be. Mm-hmm. I will consider that a huge victory. That's really what I want, just to justify that I made the leap um, because I wanted to make more money. Um, Keep in mind too, this is personal and professional. So going back to the original question, Mm -hmm. what do you want in the next six to 12 months? Well, I, in the next six months, I, I want to beat the pace setter first 40 record. um, That's currently in the office. Mm -hmm. So I really want to do that. Um, I want to, I want to start looking for a house. You know, I'm still in my parents, uh, you know, in the the bedroom I grew up in basically, and I want to get out of there. So I feel like in order for me to really um, be fully adult, you know, to feel like Mm -hmm. I really am making it, I need to be not living at home. So Mm -hmm. that's a big, that's a big one. Okay. What else do you want? Um, I want to buy a new car at some point. I've been, um, I've always, I've always worked and bought my own cars. So I've, you know, they've never been new. I've never had a brand new car. Um, so I, I definitely want to, at some point, um, be able to buy a new car. Um, and what would really be great is if I didn't have to finance it. Mm. Okay. I don't know if that's possible or not, but that's what I want. Well, we're going to, we're going to write it down. I'm taking notes and we're certainly going to capture that. Remember no, no limits. Um, so um, you know, right, we're, we're right. going into March, so we're headed into spring, thankfully. Um, what do you want mm-hmm. for this summer, personally or professionally? Ideally, I would really love to be um, renting an apartment 
sometime this summer. I know I, I don't think I'm going to be able to jump from living at home to buying a house um, with the market the way it is, but I, I think I can start out renting for a couple of years until I save enough to buy a house. So by this summer, um, I want to be moved out okay. of, of my parents' house. All I mean, right. I love them and they've done a ton for me, but um, it's time. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to stop there and I have a lot more questions, but what I okay. want to do is I want to make sure that I share the questions with everybody and that they hear other questions that you can use to dig deeper. If you were a rep, I yes. didn't know what year you were going to say, or, you know, where in the business you were, you said two months. Yeah. Um, this might not be the best yeah. question for somebody only two months in, but certainly somebody that's, you know, six months and beyond is I would ask, um, you know, what is the breakthrough that you want to have at this point in your business? I think that's a great question to ask. What is the breakthrough mm -hmm. you want to have at this point? I would also ask, what would give you the most joy in the next six to 12 months? And another one of my favorites is what would make you the most proud? Um, so again, different ways of asking the similar question, right, of what you want, but finding out, mm -hmm. you know, what would make them feel good, what would be exciting for them, where their energy is. Um, and here's the thing. Don't get into yep. problem solving. Right. You don't want to. This isn't a place to problem solve. Right. Um, instead, ask mm -hmm. what's exciting about that. Right. So you, you just shared that you're moving. You want to get an apartment this yeah. summer. You could ask what's exciting about that. You're not going to say, OK, well, you know, let's figure out how to do that. Um, you know, what would it mean for you to achieve that? So, again, asking the question, just listening mm -hmm. and, and keeping in mind that the first thing that pops out is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Like you have to. This requires some patience on your part, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I think the other thing that I remember, because I actually, when I took that um, coaching clinic, I actually volunteered to go up and be the person to demonstrate ah. this exercise. So mm -hmm. I just want to share for a minute, as it's just occurring to me, the power of that, because of the things that I said that I wanted, um, getting my CLU was one of them. I didn't have that at the time. Writing a book was one of them. I hadn't even, you know, I've always wanted to do that, hadn't done it. And because I publicly sat in front of that class oh, and wow. said those things, um, I did them both you know, at some point. And Pete Greider was the, you know, he's teaching it yeah. non-judgmental. Like, like even yep. if it's something that you think is super exciting, don't go, oh, oh, that's awesome. Like really, I think it's so important to be neutral. Mm -hmm. That's what I remember from that exercise. Yeah. He did not show excitement. He did not show frowns. I mean, he was just like the recorder, yep. you know, so Anyway, Absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to add that. No, thank you. I think it just brings life to, right? I mean, to how this all works. And then, mm -hmm. of course, once you're done, you want to capture all of that in a document so that you both have it and then utilize that mm -hmm. moving forward um, to put into, you know, the compelling reasons, right? Um, all of those different strategies. Right. So. All right. That's it. Pretty simple. Um, of course. Now, now all of a yeah. sudden I have all these things to say. <laughs> um, it, it is always, you know, we talk about the why and it's never just one thing. Though so that's, that's, I think the power, the other power of this exercise is now you have a personal and professional list of things because at any given point, one of them might be more important than the others. And it doesn't mean it goes away, but the why is, is shifting on mm -hmm. a regular basis, I mm -hmm. think. And it's important to keep that in mind. Yes, for sure. Okay, now I'm done. No, you're good. Um, I, I want to wrap up with a couple book recommendations. Um, I mentioned Peak Performance by Pete Greider. Um, I also mentioned The Game of Work by Charles Kunrat. Uh, Drive by Daniel Pink is one of my favorite books. I actually need to go back and reread that one, but really gets into the science behind motivation. Um, and then Dream Manager by Matthew Kelly, another one that I really just um, have enjoyed reading and that I've pulled a lot from and put into my coaching. 
All right, that is a wrap. Thank you as always for joining us. We look forward to being with you next time. Thanks for joining us today for Activity Coaching Conversations with Heather and Sabina. If you found value in this conversation, please like, share, and leave a review in your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about our activity coaching clinics and how to hone your skills, visit heatherpriceconsulting.com. Link is in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Keep learning and growing.